When, when you think about resilience, um, maybe one of the, the easiest ways to put it is when you think of uh, the expectation that you've had a hot week in Scotland, and then the Saturday hits when you have your day off, and it's, it's just fog. It's just pouring. There's something about this that, like, no, no, we, we get it. We live in Scotland. I get what resiliency is. It's, it's living in the most brutal circumstances of the weather. And um, maybe we don't need to go too much into it. But this word resilience could be broken down as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, from toughness. There's an idea about it that it's about springing back into the original shape, having an elasticity about life, maybe like a bit of stretch armstrongness about your life. In my own life, I think the scriptures have fueled resilience in me and have been a backbone, have been a spine of resilience in my life. Um, I admittedly wasn't a very resilient child. I used to cry because I had to wear these purple cords, and I hated them. And it went with this like purple rainbow shirt, and I just wept. I wept when I was putting that. Um, that hasn't got much better. I, I weep at most Tom Hanks films. Uh, I'm going to get you with this. Oh, there it is. Let's see, there. Um, I mean, I weeped at Toy Story 3, but I wept at Road to Perdition, which was like some weird gangster film, and I wept at Captain Phillips, where he was, he was just like a boat captain. It absolutely wrecked me for like a day. <laughs> I really struggle with this. Um, I then started to find that when challenges beyond the color of my trouser cords and the plot of Toy Story were, were the major challenges, that the scriptures became my safe place for when life didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. Um, a scripture that means a lot to me is Isaiah 40, 30, 31. It says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not be faint. Um, I received that scripture on a postcard that had an eagle on the front. And um, on the back, my dad had just written a note there. The reason I was given that was I'd um, contracted chronic fatigue syndrome, or ME, when I was about 10. And um, just didn't really have any other outlets or any other um, answers. And so that scripture probably carried me through four years of uncertainty. I go again to 1 Peter 5 and 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That connected with me in a powerful way. And I remember when my friend, a 25-year-old friend, um, had major heart surgery and, and died in the theater. And again, I had zero answers. I, I then experienced a serious grief and like anxiety attacks through that, and, um, and I didn't have answers. And so Scripture somehow, and God somehow, used these words to bring me back into form, bring me back into some kind of shape. 
Maybe it took me four years at one point. Maybe it took me two years at the other point. Um, But there is an invitation tonight that in our lives, resilience is going to build as we connect with Christ. Resilience builds by actually us connecting to Christ. There's no shortage of resilience needed in our world. Like, I, I love where the world's going. I have a very optimistic view of it because I'm very excited about super fast cars and, like, people just snipping malaria out of your genes or something. It's going to be a bit wild. But there's enough things going on that um, might cause us to get anxious. We can get overwhelmed so easily. Um, Our social media feeds alone can be enough to just constantly overwhelm us. The comparison that goes on between our work or the security of our jobs or the hope of our future, um, the state of the conversation and the dialogue around politics can amp up so much anxiety that it pushes us to ask, what is it that creates resilience? How do we remain who we are and how do we change more into who of God is leading us to be? You might not feel resilient at all tonight. Um, maybe just a busted up friendship or, or work or something in your life is just feeling overwhelming. And I want you to know that the fact that you are here, the fact that you are opening up to what God might be saying tonight is an incredible sign of resiliency. So we're going to look at um, three, three ways that resiliency can build in our lives through Christ. And then we're going to watch um, a video with our our friend Mark Wright, who is uh, part of our church. So he's in Oxford this weekend, but we just felt Mark was a guy who had a story and he had experience in this that he'll unpack. So um, we're going to go into this and then we're going to grab about 10 minutes of the chat with Mark that we filmed earlier. So three ways. First way is about building resilience by accepting what is going on in you. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden. So it's an easy question here. What makes you weary, weak, and heavy laden? What's in you that makes you feel weak or weary? When I think of the things I'm carrying around that I get laden with, I get burdened with, I think it's usually because I've not turn my head towards it, just to notice what's going on, to just accept that maybe there's some stuff in me that I'm not that comfortable with. Maybe it's time that our weariness and our heavy burden gets to come to Christ, and we can just put down all of who we are. So you can put down before God the fact that you can say, I am a Christian, but I judge people phenomenally. I am a Christian, but I really, really want to crush this person and get the promotion. I am a Christian, but I doubt it so much that I I don't think I can actually come to church without someone exposing it. Uh, I am a Christian, but um, I just don't get what's going on here. Come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden. It's not the world that we're fighting against. It's just to know that There's some parts of ourselves that God says it's time to accept that this is going on inside of you. 
Maybe it's time to just bring the parts of your life that you really don't think God loves or God likes and see what he's actually interested in doing with them. As we begin to like release resistance and tune into some of the experiences, some of the actual thoughts that we've got going on, God builds our resilience in. Maybe it's, we're not tuning into platitudes and wiping away what we feel with a good thing of just being a good Christian or, or just trying to have some hope and faith. Maybe resiliency is going to start when we just turn our heads toward the judgmental stuff that we've got going on. Maybe we just turn towards the ambition that we feel fired up inside of us. And we say, God, have all of me. Um, as a Christian, I've found it really useful to put uh, niceness and kindness really, really high in my list of priorities. And I think it's, it's great. I think I enjoy that. But I also realize that I probably struggle to express negativity, express anger, frustration, fear. And I was talking some of this out recently, and uh, somebody hit me with a great question, which was, you know, what, what is it to feel angry but not be angry? What is it to feel sadness and not be sad? What is it to feel joy and not be joyful? There's something about weariness that I don't think is about just trudging through our circumstances. I think it's about just not turning towards who we are on the inside. And the beautiful welcome of Jesus, the beautiful welcome is he says, come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, and he says, I will give you rest. So notice what it is going in you. Come to Jesus with all that's inside you. The second way that um, I think God starts to build resilience in us through what we're seeing, as Jesus said there, is to connect with Jesus. We don't do this alone. Resilience could sound like it's about building a really tough exterior and a tough shell so that nothing gets in, so that you can handle tough conversations, so that you can walk out of a meeting where someone's cut you down and you're fine, where someone asks you, know, how are you doing? And you're fine. I don't think that's building resilience. It's probably just building a block between you and humanity. <laughs> there is something in Jesus which says, link in. Take my yoke upon you, he says. Find rest for your soul. And this idea of the yoke is um, a kind of farming analogy. So um, a yoke would be like a harness that would generally go between two oxen, two animals that were pulling something, pulling a heavy load. And the yoke is the idea that it would connect two creatures together so that they could move forward together. One steps, the other steps forward. And together they push more of a load. So you can think of the yoke of an ox as like the harness of work. And this idea of a yoke also led into some of the religious language there. The yoke of the Torah was like the yoke of studying, the yoke of religion, the yoke of taking upon the belief system. And then Christ comes in here and says, take my yoke upon you. He's not saying come solo and pick up my little harness and walk on. He's actually saying, I am here, yoked in. I'm, I'm bound up. I'm good to go. Join me. 
join me with this. I want to connect. I want to move together. I want to step forward as one movement. This idea of the yoke is an idea of joining with Christ. As Callum did tonight, there was a decision. I'm moving forward with Christ. Why? Yoke is easy. The burden light. Maybe for you it's been that, like yoke of the ox, just work, just work, just work, just push forward for God, push forward in your faith. Maybe it's that yoke of the Torah, the yoke of study, religion, church, push forward with that. Tonight there's an invitation, take both of those off, join in with Christ. He says, come and rest. getting you connected there. Maybe it's just a simple case of finding someone who represents Christ to you. Who is your closest friend or who most closely represents Jesus in your life? Who is someone that you can stand together with and walk forward? When there's suffering, when there's struggle, when there's pressure on, um, loads of people talk about resilience as having somebody they can park they're suffering with and visit it at a time that they feel comfortable. Maybe that's um, Mark will share in, in the form of a spouse or a partner. Um, for me, I remember on, on the lead up to getting married, which was phenomenal, um, there was so much pressure around it. I just got really kind of stewed up. And there came a day, and I phoned a friend, I said, look, I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed by this. I think I just need you to make some really terrible jokes about this time just now, and to have a safe friendship where somebody can prod at you, where somebody can stand with you, and you know that you are yoked together, you're stuck together. So how do we get this? Maybe who's the friend who gets to see it all? Who's the friend you get to park your life with? Who gets to go 10%, 15% further in your chat about how it's going? And the third thing, just before we jump on and, and catch what Mark brings, is how do we respond to our reactions? Resilience, building a, a sense of resilience is, is interesting because the same things can happen to us, but we respond in such different ways. Um, we can experience the same challenge as someone else, and for us it creates energy and we want to we want to learn we want to grow other people it just breaks we could experience a, a time of celebration in church and worship sometimes it is easy to enjoy other times we just are like i'm out i'm on the outside of this what is it about our different reactions it's really important for us to catch that we we can't control what actually happens to us we don't have that kind of power to manipulate the world around us. But this idea of yoking with Christ is yoking and connecting with a power, with a grace that gives you power to respond differently to every situation in life. We've got a grace to create new meaning to the circumstances that come up in our lives. In Ecclesiastes, um, the start of Ecclesiastes is this. I think it's a very exciting book. I read it when I was about 10. 
and it sort of blew my mind. And it said, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. There's no like worship song I could cut that into that's going to encourage us. Meaningless. And he goes on, chapter, wisdom, meaningless, work, meaningless, riches, meaningless, advancement, meaningless. You're like, wow, okay, what is that? There's something in this. This is events in and of themselves are meaningless. Events in and of themselves are meaningless. And as, as humans, as people, as God, we make and we create meaning of events in our lives. It's how we relate to one another. It's how we know if we're doing okay. Something happens, then we hang meaning onto it. You know, like your exams, they're not stressful. I imagine you aren't genuinely worried about like getting 90% of the answers right on a test. There's a meaningfulness in exams, which isn't, I need to get a test right because I really want to like nail the bit of paper. There's a meaningfulness to exams, which is if you get this right, it means you get into your course. It means your life is going to be a success. Often is the story, the meaning stuck onto tests. Uh, getting married wasn't pressure for me because I had to plan another like worship service. It was meaningful because it was a significant start to life. I created that meaning out of it. God is going to give you grace to make new meaning of circumstances and to live in hope that things will get better than they are just now. That's really optimism defined, I think, that things will get better than they are right now. It's the message of the kingdom. It's the message of grace and our experience coming together. Before we catch Mark, I want us to kind of think on this. Resilience grows to the extent that you take responsibility for how you experience your circumstances. Resilience grows to the extent that you take responsibility for how you experience your circumstances. If we were to, to level it out tonight and put a challenge there, I invite you to hear that. How is God with you in the way you're experiencing your circumstances? Um, someone who's done this in a way that's really inspired me is Mark Wright. He's a great guy, great friend um, to lots of people here. And so um, he wasn't around tonight, so we sat down for a few minutes and had this conversation. And um, I want you to enjoy it just now, and then we're going to respond. So, Mark, so good having you here at the 7 p.m. service while you are in Oxford. Um, so we're recording this in the upper hall at P's and G's, and uh, we're chatting about resiliency. Mm. So I'd love to know, what's your experience been of um, building resiliency in your life? So I looked up the word resilience earlier, and it seemed to suggest something about developing toughness and mm. kind of sticking at things. Uh, and it made me think of a bit of a journey that I've been on with my health over right. the years. Uh, so a lot of people might not know that I struggle with Crohn's disease. Had that for about half of my life since okay. about 2002. Right. Um, it's something I keep pretty well hidden in that probably if you ask lots of people they would have absolutely no yeah. idea. Um, but I can think back to a time about a year ago when things were really pretty grim. Uh, I was pretty much in pain every single day. 
and was having quite a big impact on life. Uh, I was having to take time off work. Um, and there were lots of days where it's just kind of getting up and thinking, oh, right, okay, another day of just yeah. gritting my teeth and getting through. Uh, how does Crohn's disease affect your life day to day? So, quite a big impact, actually. So, back in uh, 2014, I had my whole large intestine removed. Um, so my digestive plumbing is a little bit different, right. shall we say? I'll okay. spare everyone the details. <laughs> um, so there's a, a daily reminder for me that things are, are different. Yeah. Um, fortunately, now things are a lot better in terms of my health, but back about a year ago, things were yeah. things were pretty tough. Okay. Yeah. And how is resiliency formed in response to managing that and living with that? So I think when you're facing pain and difficulty on a daily basis, um, it can really show up what your coping strategies and mechanisms are. It's do you sort of grin and bear it? Do you sort of bottle it up and try and get on with it? Yeah. Um, and I was very much wanting to engage with the feelings that I was having, um, to face them head on. Um, and I did that in a few ways. Um, fortunately, I have a wonderful wife, who is just amazing to talk stuff through. Mm. Um, she's someone in my life that I can share absolutely everything that's on my heart. Yeah. The stuff that people will see and the, the stuff, the inside feelings, the frustrations and the anger. Yeah. I'm able to share that with her. That was a really great way of helping to build resiliency. Yeah. Um, I think as well, I found I really identified with David in the Psalms. Mm. Um, I can remember reading a lot of the Psalms and thinking... Here is a guy who is coming to God and telling things exactly as they are. Hmm. He's not saying, oh, all this difficult stuff's going on, but I'm just going to put a brave face on it and hopefully get through. Yeah. If you read so many of the Psalms, he's saying, actually, God, this is a really tough day. Yeah. I've got these people going after me, um, but yet I'll still praise you. Yeah. Interestingly as well, there are some Psalms where he doesn't even get to that. Right. Sometimes he just says, actually, things are really tough. Yeah. And that's just the whole psalm. Yeah, I hope my enemies will die. Yeah, full stop, <laughs> full stop. Okay. exactly. So that really, for me, helped me to be able to come to God as well, yeah. just as I am. Yeah. And to not have to put any brave face on it, to just be able to say, this is me, yeah. as I am today. Yeah. There's something about that you're sort of expressing about turning your head towards that space, which could easily be you know what we call a shadow space where we mm. just put all the things that are uncomfortable or we don't really feel we could present them before other people let alone god mm. what is it that you do to kind of turn towards those feelings and, and not reject them ignore them or just put that face on i th so i think it's a journey that i'm still on with that um i think it's important that we don't completely dive headlong <laughs> and submerge ourselves yeah. in those things and to completely embrace them. So when I was having the, the tougher days of just anger and frustration mm. at why God am I still in pain mm. after this amount of time, if I dive headlong into that, that takes me away from God. Mm. That makes me distant from him. So like in a lot of the Psalms, I'm balancing that with a, Oh, but God, you're still good. Yeah. So 
I want to engage with those feelings. I want to share them with someone. So for me, that's my wife, Kate. Mm -hmm. um, to be able to say things are really tough. And to have a space where I can say that yeah. without immediately being told, oh, but you just need to think more positively. <laughs> or, you know, just look at things differently. Yeah. Just to be able to say, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. And to then often still come to that place of, actually, there is still a positive outlook. Yeah. Um, so to be able to explore that in a safe way with someone that I, I love and care about yeah. um, in a place and a space that's safe. Yeah. Seems to be a common theme around resiliency is it's not really about just developing an exterior toughness to the situation. It's about finding someone or some place, a, a, a friend, a, a spouse or a mentor that you can park it with, that you can air it with, where there's mm. hopefully not too much of a judgmental response, but there, there's that. Mm. And for for people facing all kinds of different stuff, what, whatever it is, mm. um, how do you encourage people to build resiliency in their life through through faith? Mm. Well, I was amazed actually to discover that this is Mental Health Awareness Week. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I wrote down when I was making my notes on some of the things we were going to talk about earlier today was it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. That actually even the people that you think look great and polished and mm. perfect on mm. the outside they probably have stuff going on inside as well so i think the first thing is to realize that everyone is dealing with stuff yeah. um and i think that just by developing those kind of healthy uh healthy routines of chatting of sharing those dark places inside of us with people that we're close with yeah. um is so important and that actually, whether we feel like we have come through a dark time or whether we're still right slap bang in the mm. middle of it, mm -hmm. there is power in that story as well. Um, because I think with developing resiliency, it's often that we never arrive at a place of being like, I am totally resilient yeah. and able to stand <laughs> up to anything. Um, it's more of a, a journey that, and a process that you go through. Right. Um, so of being able to to share that story of what you've done to, to develop resiliency is is really key as well because yeah. there might be someone that just needs to hear that that story of oh, actually I'm struggling yeah and things are a bit difficult but then they're able to connect with and, and yeah. get something from just in a conversation very good isn't it mm. um we're going to share that over this week just to uh, let you see a wee bit more in the end, just Mark talking a wee bit more about his passion. He's a good man, eh? <laughs> He's a really good man. Um, just in closing, I invite the, the band to come up as well and then uh, Libby's going to continue to lead us. I just want to invite you to turn your attention to anything that's jumped out tonight. Realize that this is a delicate subject and it can be a provocative subject for people um, because we recognize there are many, many challenges that we experience. And there is so much grace from God. And I hope that tonight something of God's grace might touch your life just as we've heard that. And just to kind of lift our perspectives when we're ending this, I want to just realize like we are a, a bunch of like billions of cells and bits. 
or somehow we're clinging together, designed by God. Like we are muscle and bones and blood and organs all slopping about in these bodies that somehow make their way through the world. We live in this perfect balance of temperature, goes up or down about here, to survive in so we don't melt or or freeze. And our bodies exist in the middle of a planet that's moving like a thousand miles per hour around a burning star. A burning star that pours out like a thousand nukes a second on the earth of energy. Like we should be in bits. This doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me. And we exist in the middle of like a hundred billion stars, a hundred billion galaxies. And in all of that, all of that chaos and wildness, the creator of it all comes down as a man, as a guy and says, hey, you see that animal over there? You know how they kind of link together? I want to link together with you. I just want to get yoked together, get stuck together and walk life with you. Like, you're, you're a miracle. The creator of the world has created you as a total miracle. And he's saying to us tonight, come and stick together. Come and join with me. That's the invitation tonight. Connect with Jesus and grow your life. I'm going to respond to that tonight, and I invite us to continue to do that just now.